Welcome to the Outcomes Rocket Podcast, where we inspire collaborative thinking, improved outcomes, and business success with today's most successful and inspiring healthcare leaders and influencers. And now your host, Saul Marquez. And welcome back to the podcast. Today I have the outstanding John Talaga. He's the Executive Vice President and General Manager at Flywire, most recently on Plan Health. On Plan Health was acquired by Flywire in 2018. John has been a long-standing trust with customers through an unwavering dedication to delivering what they really need. In 2000, John co-founded HealthCom Partners, a leading provider of patient billing software and services for hospitals and health systems. HealthCom pioneered the patient-friendly billing concept and consulted with the Healthcare Financial Management Association in the early stages of their initiative. HealthCom sold to McKesson, which we are all familiar with, in 2006 as their first acquisition to form Relay Health a revenue cycle services company. At Relay Health, John led the patient billing and payment business for five years, serving more than 1,000 healthcare providers. For all you folks listening, revenue cycle in healthcare is a big, big sticking point and an area of major improvement for everybody. So there's going to be some great pearls shared here by John. But after Relay Health, John launched and led healthcare vertical for Doxo, an award-winning payment and document network that is transforming the way people connect with businesses to manage and pay their household accounts. So John overall has just a keen understanding of finance within healthcare, and it's a true pleasure to have him on the podcast today. John, welcome. Saul, thanks for having me. It is a pleasure. So John, if anything at all, did I miss in that intro that you want to fill in the the listeners on? No, I think you you covered it pretty well, Saul. Thanks. Cool. No, I'm glad. Now, what is it that got you into the healthcare sector? Well, like anything, it, it's not always something that's planned, right? So mm-hmm. in the late 90s, and I'm aging myself here, we had co-founded a, a business um, with my co-founders, Paul Hoffman and Jeff Porter. And my partner, Paul Hoffman, had worked with Rush Presbyterian Healthcare here in Chicago yep. and uh, really identified a need that was a long problem in healthcare of sending out bills that patients simply didn't understand and uh, came up with a concept in which we coined the term patient-friendly billing to make it much simpler for patients to understand what the relationship with their insurance payment was to their out-of-pocket. And really what propelled in our business, which we then incorporated as HealthCom Partners, we built a, a product called Patient Compass, which was the first online account management tool in healthcare, mm-hmm. which allowed for the first time for hospitals to be able to transform the paper bill into an electronic account management experience so that they can see updated information, pay their bills online. And it, it may be hard to believe, but in the early 2000s, online payments in healthcare was extremely novel. So that's really what propelled our business. And so really what focused uh, us to get into healthcare was you know, healthcare was so underserved in terms of the patient-friendly uh, billing and payments part of the business, in which we took advantage of really serving patient uh, hospitals that had the need to to make those improvements. And and one of the things, all that I'll mention that's that's important is when we when we went into Endeavor and in, in building Patient Compass, which was the online tool, we met uh, David King. David King was at Infinite Solutions, and what they did was they were the first ones that took higher education for student tuition management uh, completely digital. So when we were looking to build an online solution for healthcare, 
we were introduced to David, and we essentially used David and his team to repurpose what they had done for higher education to apply it to healthcare because of there is so many similarities in terms of high liability to the consumer and a third payer. There's you know financial aid and student tuition and there's uh, insurance, health insurance and, and healthcare. So kind of the marriage uh, uh, worked really well. Man, that's beautiful. You know, and uh, a couple of things, John, thanks for the history there. And folks, you know, a couple of things that I want to highlight about what John just mentioned. You know, number one, if you look across the economy at different verticals, there's a possibility that a solution for a problem that exists is already there. So, John, kudos to you for seeing this and, and you and your partner, Paul, and, and just being able to unravel it put the team together behind it and execute, the similarities are, are just drastic. And then the second thing that comes to mind from your experience there is this idea of the user interface of healthcare. You know, I had a, one of the guys that was a co-founder at Singularity University that just said, the opportunity to create businesses in healthcare just by improving the user interface are just like innumerable. And you've done just that. So kudos to you and your team, John, for being able to make this happen. Well, thanks. Appreciate that. So you've obviously been successful at making billing friendlier for patients and and helping providers inevitably help the patients pay. What would you say is a hot topic that needs to be on every medical leader's agenda today? And how are you guys addressing it at Flywheel? Yeah, Flywire. Um, Flywire. Yeah, no, no problem. And that's a it's a great segue to this because kind of going along sort of the the storyline. In about 2007, uh, as we all know, the Affordability of, uh, Affordable Care Act really started making the affordability of healthcare a hot topic. Whereas in the past, when we launched Patient Compass, patient responsibility was about 10% of the net patient revenue at a hospital. The other 90% was collected by from insurance companies. And with the shift in high deductibles from the Affordable Care Act, slowly but surely, it made that 10% increase to 25 and sometimes as high as 30%. So the old practices of sending a statement, trying to collect and wait for payment, and then send it to bad debt collections was no longer sustainable when the hospitals were only collecting about 40% if they were doing really well. So it's really become a crisis in terms of the affordability, not only for the patients who are having difficulty paying their bills, Matter of fact, 65% of the bankruptcies in the U.S. are caused by medical expenses. It can't be paid. So it's a patient problem, patient, certainly a patient affordability and medical debt problem, but it's also a problem for the hospitals because if they're not collecting 30% of the revenue, then you can imagine what that does to their bottom line. So really, the hot topic that we really kind of focused on with the launch of OnPlan Health in 2014 was really serving, once again, underserved need. So it wasn't so much the UI improvements that several businesses had made, you know, since the Relay Health Patient Compass days, but it was more now about how do we leverage analytics to be able to help hospitals identify patients that can't afford their bill up front. Hmm. And then being able to take that and automate that process to give them an offer up front Mm -hmm. to say, you may pay us $1,000 in what you owe, which is about the average patient balance after, you know, with their deductible, or you can pay us $100 a month for 10 months and allowing that patient to self-activate those offers by writing a check or going online to do it. So by doing that, we're able to really help focus the hospitals on automating 
and reducing their administrative cost and collect more, and at the same time help patients pay an amount that they can actually afford without having to call and ask for it. Fascinating. Yeah, so it's the other end, just more looking at analytics to help them maximize collections. And then it's that user friendliness for the patient as well, that they could actually feel okay with going with whatever option they want to. Yeah, that's right. Like, you know, in the old days, it was about taking something that was essentially unreadable and making it readable. And now it's about changing the content to say, okay, I understand that I owe $1,000 and I can't afford it. So it's really the patient-friendly 2.0, if you will, yeah. uh, transforms into giving them content that's tailored specifically to that patient's willingness and ability to pay. Gosh, that's beautiful, man. And you guys just layered on sort of the learnings from what you've done and just consistently tweaking it to make it even better every year. So give us an example of how the organization you're part of now has created results by doing things differently. Yeah, for sure. So the process that we innovated, if you take an example of our hospitals that we're working with, one of them is um, 100 hospital system uh, Catholic health initiatives uh, based out of Denver. And one of the things that they were struggling with was, as many hospitals do, they use early out to help them with the increase in patient responsibility comes more phone calls, more credit card payments. And these hospitals typically don't have the resources or funds to go hire a bunch of people. So there's a lot of the early outs or um, extended business office companies that allow that relief through call centers and being able to manage some of the administrative things of this this higher volume of of transactions. The downside that comes from that is, is hospitals can sometimes lose control over that patient experience because they're outsourcing so much of it to a standard process that they may not agree with. So what yes. we've done at CHI and Munson Healthcare and Rush Copley Medical Center here in town, as well as Presence Health and others, is we've been able to give them control of their patient experience while they still use the benefits of these outsourced extended business office companies. But what we help them do is direct those accounts to be able to turn over to the early out companies after they've run it through automation techniques so they can place less. As you would guess, when you place accounts with these early out companies, they're expensive. It's hard to percentage or everything that's collected. So by driving the automation, we've been able to drive a 70% on average payment plans that are self-activated by patients. So that means there is no phone call. Uh, The patients are getting what, if we're doing our job right with the hospitals, we're getting it right by giving them offers they can afford, and then they're self-activating. So we're not only driving that automation that results in less placements to the early outs, which is a direct savings, and then less phone calls that come in. And you can always tie patient complaints and satisfaction to how many phone calls come in Hmm. because patients will call when they have a problem. So by reducing those phone calls by almost 40% is a direct tribute to how much we've been able to drive that patient satisfaction. Definitely a, a testament to how well it's working. And if you're a provider exec listening to this, you know that you have your expertise and there's things that you outsource. And it's interesting today, the opportunity to outsource doesn't necessarily mean you're outsourcing it to an outfit. You could outsource to software. And um, I was talking to John before the podcast today and you know, I was telling him one of the things that I enjoy is being able to create a, a forum where great ideas can be shared because oftentimes you don't know what you don't know. And today I hope that through 
my conversation with John, you get to learn about a new opportunity where you can actually outsource the software what you're currently outsourcing to an outfit. And you know what? Try it because it might be better. Today might be that idea that gets you from A to B in a more efficient way. So John, can you share with the listeners a time when you had a setback that made the product even better? And uh, we learn more from our mistakes. I'm interested in hearing about that. Yeah. So, you know, it's interesting. I think anyone that uh, has been in business, not even businesses that they've started, you realize that it isn't always one big setback, right? It, or a failure. It's a lot of little failures and little setbacks that yes. make you better. And so I could probably list and take up the rest of the time listing about 50 <laughs> things that we've experimented with and tested with and things that didn't work so well. And we, we came back and changed it. Most of our ideas over time have come from customers, right? So we've always been extremely customer sensitive in terms of what their needs are. They're the ones that know the problems and oftentimes know the solutions or at least how they'd like to solve it, and then coming back and putting our heads together to figure out the right way to solve it. But if there's one that I'd probably point to, which is kind of a broad concept, is when after McKesson, I started the healthcare vertical for Doxo that you mentioned in the, in the opening. And one of the things that I envisioned is that at some point, hospital payments, patient payments, like any other household payment, she really should be aggregated and made in, in one place, right? So you can manage everything together with your finances. One of the things that I learned is you really can't, if there's one thing about healthcare you can't do is you can't speed it along with other industries. Mm-hmm. And I don't think healthcare is ready for that. While we've made some incredible strides with some large health systems that are, are still you know, moving towards aggregation, one of the things that we did in, in on plan is we kind of went back to basics and focused on solving the direct interaction engagement that hospitals want directly with them. They want that loyalty. They want hospitals to be patients to be coming to them for their clinical questions and care at the same time of being able to, to make payments in an easy way. So that was something that I learned kind of in a broader, you know, rather than the small setbacks was one large one that kind of reminded me of what, how we really need to approach healthier because it, it really is an industry that's like no other. Yeah, for sure. I think it's a great call out. So what would you say the other side of the coin is, John, what's your proudest medical experience, leadership moment that you've experienced? Well, you know, I don't think I have one, to be honest with you. It's sort of the everyday. One of the things that we're doing at OnPlan and Flywire that gets me most excited and I think the most proud, you know, my partner, David King, and I really bringing together higher education and, and healthcare. It's you know, healthcare's always searched for other industries in terms of how it can learn from other industries. And you hear Amazon a lot and that online experience and you hear other things as well. But higher education and healthcare are probably the two that are, are most closely aligned, uh, as I mentioned earlier, with the high liability and the third payer that's so critical, financial aid and insurance. And we built one platform to serve both markets. And what we've been able to gain from the higher education side to be able to apply to healthcare, such as students being able to set up an automatic payment plan over their semester. We brought that to healthcare to be able to offer financial incentives as well as automation to the patient. So us being able to drive, you kind of go to sleep at night and, and you bounce off your pillow in the morning and you get excited because we're helping patients that can't, you know, neighbors that can't afford their bills. I mean, when they Get a, the average consumer uh, cannot afford a $400 unexpected bill. 
Yeah. You know, and the demographics of healthcare is the world. Higher education is very focused on students in an 18 to 22-year-old range, but the demographic for healthcare is the world. So there's a real need of unexpected expenses that can devastate a family. And it really excites me to work with a team that is, is really focused on improving that. That's beautiful. It's a great mission. And I can hear the passion in your voice to tackle this challenge and very insightful, you know, this connection between academia and, and health in that it's that third party payer. And since you guys are adding value here in the, in the financial aspect of it, it makes so much sense. Can you tell us about an exciting project or focus that you guys are working on at uh, Flywire? Yeah, so we, we are um, bringing together, so as, as you just mentioned, in the, there's academic medical centers that are all tied to universities. So uh, Flywire offers international cross-border payments. So if you imagine you have these, you know, in terms of patient volume, which is what every hospital is trying to increase, you have more and more hospitals that are looking overseas to pull in patients that need expert specialty medical care that are able and willing to travel in to the U.S. So what you can imagine the problems with making payments in terms of the, the financial interchange and you know, sending a wire and how difficult that is for a patient to pay overseas and cross-border and how expensive it can be for providers. And they need that experience to be smooth for the patients so that they don't have any barriers to come to their hospital for care. And they got to manage costs because whenever a patient comes from outside the U.S., they're paying the full balance up front. Mm-hmm. So, you know, they have to have the money. It's, it's not a, a collection effort like it is in the U.S. Right. So to make that process clean and inexpensive and smooth is, is really important. So what we're doing at Flywire, uh, and they do that for students as, they, as well as patients, what we're doing at Flywire and OnPlan is bringing together one experience for at an academic medical center where you can be a student coming in overseas or you can be a patient coming in overseas and paying cross-border and be able to pay from one one place. And they're still separate because, you know, hospitals will still manage their collections differently from students, you know, in academic medical centers. But managing those from a single platform, single experience, and a single pay partner like Flywire Mm. uh, is critical. And we're so that's something that is, is not every academic medical center still doesn't see the connection, but that's what drives us as well is to say, hey, there is connection. And we're working that with a few academic medical centers right now that uh, we think will be really exciting. That's fascinating. And kudos to you guys for seeing where the puck is going, not just working where the puck is. Super exciting work that you guys are up to and, and you know, that mission of, of alleviating those families from that financial strain is, is a big, big motivating force. Let's pretend you and I are building a leadership course on what it takes to be successful in the business of healthcare and finance. I've got five questions for you, lightning round style, followed by a book that you could recommend to the listeners. You ready? I'm ready. All right. What's the best way to improve healthcare outcomes? I would say personalized digital patient engagement. So, and again, this is focused on finance and, and revenue cycle, but I think if you can personalize that engagement, I mean, that's what consumers expect. And I think that's probably the best thing you can do to, to get a better financial outcome. What's the biggest mistake or pitfall to avoid? I think number one with any business is trying to avoid boiling the ocean, right? So don't try to do too much. Be a specialist and be the best at it. Healthcare is, is, is so big and leaders need to stay focused, stay with it and, and avoid distractions. Love that. How do you stay relevant despite constant change? That's a great one, right? That's always the constant <laughs> challenge. But I think of anything, it's be very decisive and confidence in adding new innovation. And not everything is going to 
is going to work right away, but sticking with it. So I don't think you should seek perfection, but you know, get results out there, refine, seek feedback, and, and refine again. Great advice. What is one area of focus that drives everything in your organization? That's an easy one, solving problems for your customers. So, I mean, our focus is always where customers are identifying the challenges and pain points that they have. And everything, if you talk to anyone in our business, it's really going to be customer first. Beautiful. And finally, what's your number one success habit? My number one success habit. Well, some people that know me may say, you know, working late at night when there's no distractions. Uh, <laughs> So I'd have to say, you know, I wouldn't recommend it to people because everyone has, you know, early mornings and everything. But, you know, I have four kids and and lots of activity going on after work as well. So I've got my time 1030 to 12 where I just focus on things that I'm not able to accomplish during the day. So I actually cherish that time. So that's probably my success habit. Love it. Got to have that block time. It's awesome. Yeah, that's right. And what book would you recommend to the listeners? So this may be surprising. So I'm a self-admitted non-prolific book reader. I read a lot and it's about uh, things that are journals and keeping up with what's going on in the markets and things like that. But um, there is a book that I always recommend to any age and any business person or non-business person because it's called The Way of the Peaceful Warrior by Dan Millman. It's a book that came at a critical time for me in terms of helping me find my direction. Um, You know, it just spoke to me in terms of how to live life, create your own meaning and opportunities. And I I think a lot of that sort of thing has continued to drive me in my business, my business life as well. Love the recommendation. Hadn't heard of it before. And we'll definitely put it on the list for sure, John and listeners, the way of the peaceful warrior. Add that to yours as well. Dan Millman. For all of the show notes, as well as just a full transcript of our discussion, links to companies we've mentioned, as well as this book, go to outcomesrocket.health slash flywire. That's F-L-Y-W-I-R-E. You're going to find everything there. John, this has been a blast. I've uh, really enjoyed uh, our discussion. If you can, just uh, leave our listeners with a closing thought and then the best place where they could get in touch with or follow you. Yeah, so I, I guess a closing thought, uh, you know, I always like to, to mention is, you know, you see more and more capital being invested in healthcare than ever before. So anyone in healthcare, you're in the right place, right? People want in. And with, with that comes a lot of noise and it makes it difficult for leaders to kind of sort out what's important and what's, what's not. My co-founder, David King, and I, we always remind ourselves and our team of the why. You know, why are we doing what we're doing? And at the end of the day, it's the reason people buy from you. It's the, it, and it's the reason employees feel a sense of purpose. So it, if there's anything I'd leave, that, that would be it. And if people want to get a hold of me, um, I'm very happy to respond. You can email me uh, to my email address, which is john, J-O-H-N, dot Talaga, T-A-L-A-G-A, at flywire.com. Outstanding, John. Hey, really appreciate your insights today. It is just definitely a fascinating discussion. And so folks, appreciate you listening as well. John, thanks again for being with us. It's a pleasure, Sal. Thanks for having me. Thanks for listening to the Outcomes Rocket podcast. Be sure to visit us on the web at www.outcomesrocket.com for the show notes, resources, inspiration, and so much more.